Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice 8 Productions. Hello everyone and welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 60, Never Tell Me the Odds. I am your host, Ed Horn, and alongside me tonight, my partner in crime and gaming, one Mr. Chad Brown. Chad, how's it going, my friend? Hey, everybody. And, of course, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going? Good, thanks, Ed. We're unfortunately down a man. Uh, Sean is not feeling very well tonight and has decided to opt out tonight, which we totally understand because it's going to be boring math tonight. No, it's going to be exciting math. Um, Chris has borrowed some information from uh, a fellow podcast, the Crates, who have uh, been feverishly keeping an eye on the competitive circuits and uh, sent over some data for me to crunch. And I can't wait because that's kind of my thing. And of course, we got our flight decks and what we've been doing lately in the gaming world. So let's go ahead and get started. Chad, I haven't talked to you in some time. What have you been doing lately? Uh, I'm still doing lots of painting. Good, um, me too. I've been uh, working a lot. Yeah. Except I'm painting things that, you know, I'll actually play with. So that's where no, the difference bullshit. is between me and you. I'm calling you out on that one. I'm at, <laughs> I, I am two highlights away from finishing my first 10-man squad of uh, Necron Warriors, which I absolutely intend to use. I just got two boxes of Immortals in. I never bought the new Immortals whenever they first came out. Um, I always ha- I have the metal ones, and it's like the same gun, and I like that one, but I don't have Tesla cannons. Um, to put on my immortals. So I bought two boxes of those and I've got some Tesla immortals I can put on the table and I'm really looking forward to painting up the Scorpec Destroyer Lords. Um, that, that's more into my stuff, but uh, I, I am painting and I do intend to use them. Right. So you intend to use them. Absolutely. Um, I got that doesn't take- mean you are going to use them. I, Gabe and I are going to play, be playing a game this weekend. That's the plan. He wants to get his orcs on the table. I'm going to be playing my Necrons. I want to see how they do. I've got a new codex that's coming out in October and space Marines look like they're going to be awesome <laughs> as always. So I get two armies for the price of two <laughs> as far as codexes are coming out in October. So that'll be fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been just working a lot. Uh, I was out of vehicle for a little bit now. So kind oh, of, uh, getting around however I can. Yeah. The computer went on my vehicle. Uh, I had lots of fun with that. They looked around, couldn't find anything in local junkyards, couldn't find a new one. Um, so the option of get it like refurbished came up two weeks. Okay, cool. End of two weeks, I go back to the garage. I'm like, so what's going on? They're like, uh, we don't have it. They called the place up. Oh, it's just now on the bench. It's going to, you know, it's about week three now. It's just now on the bench. It's going to be another week. So somehow two weeks turned into four. Oh, jeez. About three and a half Three and a half weeks, I get a call from the garage. The part's back at the garage now. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And it's listed as unrepairable. What? So now I went all the way back to square. Yeah, I was all the way back to square one. The place they sent it to to get, like, rebuilt, can't do anything with it. So now I'm looking at, like, a national junkyard kind of listing thing where yeah, like, they got all joke. kinds of places. Yeah, I'm, uh, I got a form I have to fill out. I found one real cheap. Um, I think it's in Wisconsin, though, so... I mean, that, it'd probably take a little bit to ship it, but... How yeah. much is the part, just out of curiosity? But hopefully, um, it's going to cost me 35 plus shipping. $35? Yeah. Oh, that's not so bad. Okay. No, no, no. Well, like, I went on this uh, this website, and it's like, there are people selling this part for, like, a couple hundred dollars. Right, and then that's what I was expecting. And there are people selling it for, like, a little down to 35 Yeah. That's so what I'm I was like, expecting. Okay, 
yeah, I looked it up, the part number and everything, and they're like, yep, we have that 35 bucks. So I'm like, hey, here we go. We're going to get that Sold one. American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hopefully within the next week here, I'll be back with my vehicle. and That'll be nice. Um, it's going to start like getting said, cold soon. Yeah, I've just been kind of. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been doing like Uber, riding the bus. A couple of people I work with have been helping me out with some rides back home. That's good. Um, yeah, like I said, I've just been painting my you know free time, been watching some Netflix while I do that. All kinds of stuff on Netflix. I've been watching Monty Python and a couple of animes people suggested. and Cobra Kai's on Netflix. Lots of good stuff. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Cobra Kai. Like, holy crap. Cobra Kai. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> That is the reason why I couldn't get on at nine o'clock tonight was because the kid's like one more, one more. And I'm like, all right, if we start one now, I should be able to finish up by like nine Oh five, get the kids in bed and be downstairs exactly at nine 30. So <laughs> Cobra Kai, it's so good. <laughs> it's only season one and two. Isn't it? It's only season one and two, but season three is coming out in December. Yeah. Cause I signed up for YouTube red. Was it to, yeah, for um, to get that? I actually signed up for a trial whilst I was at, uh, was it Worlds? Oh, it was some X-Wing event, and um, I binge-watched it uh, whilst I was still in the States because it was I couldn't get it in Canada. So, so I watched so season good. one, and then when we managed to get YouTube Prime in Canada, or whatever they call it, uh, me and Joe watched it again, so we're waiting for season three. It's so good. It's It's got that special twist of, like, nostalgia. There's a lot of nostalgia to it. You can see some of the same beats to the same story, but it expands on it. It's funny. It's 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 good. It's just really good. If you're not watching Cobra Kai, I don't know what's wrong with you. You're just <laughs> I've already seen it's, it. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. So I, what have I you have been seen painting like lately? Three or four of the people from the show. Um, I've been working on. Uh, I got the Crisis Protocol Marvel game. Um, still working on oh, some of that right, stuff. That's right. I got some D&D figures I'm working on, um, some Imperial Assault stuff I've been working on. I got Warhammer stuff I'm working on. Good. I like get multiple things out. And while like one thing, like if I'm doing green on Hulk, while that, I finish that up, and while that's drying, I go ahead and I start painting like, you know, um, a D&D model. I'll start putting the color on there and... I'll just go down the line, and by the time I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start the line again, Hulk's drying, ready for another coat or another color or something. And so, I've been watching a lot. Like, of, I got a process. I've been watching a lot of um, YouTuber content creators doing painting, and there's this thing going around yeah. for paint a week uh, army in a weekend, like paint like oh. 35, 40 models in a weekend. Just sit down and dedicate the time to it. And I wish, I wish I could do it. I did have you an don't. extra day. I don't. That's the problem. I did have an extra you day. You could. <laughs> well, I could. I don't know how well that would go over, but I could. But I did have an extra day this past weekend with the three-day weekend, so I was able to dedicate like a good four-hour painting session, and I'm this close to finishing my first squad. Um, I'm still trying to get my muscle memory back. Um, I still have a little bit of cleanup on it, but I like the way that they look. They're, I've become a better painter than I thought I was. Because I legitimately, like, I made the joke in our Discord, like, okay, I sprayed Krylon on all of my models, I'll just null and oil wash and they're done, right? And, that, and that's really more, I'm doing a lot more than that because I'm using Chris's method for um, the green rods that are no longer green rods on Necrons and how I'm going to use some of the, the white with the Ultramarine's uh, contrast paint over top of it. It looks really good on the eyes, by the way, but you got to get the eyes <laughs> to get it to work. Um, 
but yeah, so yeah, it's I, I, I'm actually pleased with how these turned out. And then I'm looking at the rest of my Necron army going, Necrons were the first army I ever painted, period, because it was the first army I started off with. And I dry brushed all of them. They started off prime black, dry brush, dry brush, dry brush, done. And I look at my old Necron warriors. I thought you warriors. started with Space Marines. No, no, no. The, the first army, and if you go back to the paper hammer days and cardboard boxes cut up to look like uh, ruined buildings, do you remember those days? The first army that I started. Yeah, but I thought you were into Warhammer before that. All right. Right. I did have some stuff, but I, I I don't know that I count that. So technically, yes, I did play in third edition. I had the third edition box set. And yeah, I took the Space Marine side of it, but I didn't really get into it, into it until you brought that um, Demon Prince over. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to play this game. It's still your fault. <laughs> I, I, I blame you. I totally blame you. Oh, you blame me for so much shit. It's ridiculous. I do, because it is your fault. And I'm happy about it. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. It's definitely your fault, though. <laughs> it's it's always my fault. It is. It's my fault he's into this. It's my fault he's into that. It's my fault his kids love weapons and things of that <laughs> nature. <laughs> I, I bl- We had a, a, a bee problem over the weekend. A fairly scary situation, or at least it could have been. I was out mowing the lawn over the weekend, and I found an underground yellow jacket's nest, which I didn't know was there. Nice. Um, <clears throat> So, because I ran over like a stick and then I felt this intense pain in my left ankle. And I'm like, oh, I must have stuck myself with it. So I do the guy thing. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to rip that thing out and keep mowing the lawn. But I, when I go down to remove the stick that's probably sticking out of my ankle, I just see a yellow jacket. And I'm like, oh, you bastard, you stung me. And I brush him off. And the next thing I know, I got hit seven times on the back of the other leg. <laughs> And like, <laughs> like, I legitimately did like the like like comedic movie. Holy crap! There are bees all over me. Like running through the yard, trying to get in the house, kind of thing. Do you know how we solved that problem, Chad? We killed it with fire. Fire. Be- yep. Yes. <laughs> killed it with fire. That's how we did it. A little bit of gasoline and a match, and all the kids are like, "Ooh, we're gonna watch the bees burn." <laughs> That's kind of insane. Like, I used to genuinely. Yeah, the Chad way. Exactly. The Chad way for solving problems. If you can't kill it with fire, it's not worth it. Um, but that could have been scary. Like, I I remember when I started my, like, actual real job out of college kind of stuff. I remember I used to work for a guy, with a guy who died doing the exact same thing. Hit an underground bee's nest, didn't know he was allergic to bees, and he died. And that's awful. So that is always kind of scary. Um, my wife is allergic to bees. So, of course, she's like, I'm happy it was you and not me. I'm like, so am I. Uh, All right, we've kind of semi-dominated the conversation. Chris, you had a vacation. You actually yeah. went somewhere that wasn't home. Well, it was my mom's home. But it wasn't your home. You've, yeah. You you have gone you, somewhere. It's on holiday. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I went to, well, me, Jill, Evie, the dogs all went to British Columbia for a week for four days. Left on the Saturday and came back on a Tuesday evening. Um, it's good. We, um, my mum, um, I asked us around to have like a, a barbecue. She invited us to a barbecue on the Sunday, um, which turns out it was like was it no burgers, no sausages, because it was in fact like an adult dinner party where we had like nice That's fancy chicken. That's not barbecue. Like, so she said, "Come, you know, any time after five. So we arrived at five thirty, expecting you know, grab sausage and burger for Evie. Because she wouldn't have eaten. Nope. Barbecue wasn't even lit. Uh, so uh, we sat down yeah. at the table set for eight people. 
we're including Evie at like seven o'clock at night, which is eight o'clock our time because we're an hour ahead of my mum. So Evie was like starving and mm-hmm. your kids love that. Yeah, it's good. Um, then the next day, the power was out because there was wind. Um, <laughs> and then because the power was out after the first like day of that, the water stopped running in our um, cabin that Jeez. we were staying in. So we had no running water, no power. Um, this is good. All, all around <laughs> awesome time, you know? That does not sound like fun. Not, it. That, not by choice. Then we... Anyway. Then we uh, I was uh, joking with some people online. I was like, oh, in fact, the main topic for tonight, the reason I have all of that data is because I was going to write an article on something um, using some of it. And so I I downloaded it onto a laptop, got it all ready to go. Didn't do any of that because I was like, yeah, I'm going to be roughing it this weekend. So I need something to be chipping away at and working on. Yep. Nope. No power. Can't do that. Can't do that. Can't touch that. (laughs) Yeah. I, I sent. Um, what was it? I took a screen grab of the the Wi-Fi in the cabin, like the Airbnb thing we're staying in. It was like three megabytes down and like one and a half megabytes up. So this counts as off the grid, right? So <laughs> because I was mocking mocking the internet speed, God punished me and um, made me be really off the grid and have no electricity at all. Somewhere, somewhere in hell, the AOL guard is going. Yes, this is all you get. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. Uh, yeah, it, it was still pretty good. Like we, my mom took Evie for the Monday morning. I think and they went to like um, the the hot springs that her husband works at. Like went in the pool there because they've got like backup generators, and everything. And me and Jill went into Nelson and had some food and just walk around and you know chilled out and then i think tuesday morning when the power was still out and there was no running water i was like yeah i'm done i'm ready to go home yeah it was time to come home anyway so you we... said that's just outside of vancouver though right no outside of nelson oh okay uh, in the in the kootenays uh, which gotcha. sounds like a kind of place where you go for go without power for like multiple days at a time sure does it sure does yeah, my, my mom, I was going to say, if it was in Vancouver, I was going to recommend the aquarium because the Vancouver aquarium is actually pretty darn impressive. For a long time, my mum always used to go on about when are we going to move out there because what happened was when we moved back from Cold Lake back down to Cochrane, my mum and her husband left Alberta and moved to BC. I was like, well, you know, we moved from the UK and then we got ourselves established and then you moved again. So that's on you, not on us. <laughs> And it's like, well, there's so much and more like, room in what? that island. It's so roomy up there now. <laughs> Why the fuck would I ever move to like a third world country that doesn't have running water and electricity, man? Right. Yeah, I, no, <laughs> peace out on that one. Thanks, but no I, thanks. <laughs> I, I've lived in Alberta for seven years now. We've had power outages twice, I think, in seven years. Once it was above three hours, because uh, I remember because I was in my promo games for a League of Legends thing to make my like silver two or whatever, and uh, <laughs> the power went out and I was raging because I was going to win that game, and, um, and then that didn't come back on, and I was I was on a hot streak, and um, it was right. So this is a really, really tangent, but it's it's lack of focus. What do you want? It's like it's, like, um, it's lack of focus. Of course it is. 
So right. for people who are old school into League of Legends, the servers used to be on the West Coast near where Riot Games' offices are. And they're in, but they wanted to move them to a more central location to not keep fucking over East Coast people because America's big. Who knew? Um, <laughs> yeah. So there was one spell where they upgraded the infrastructure to get lower ping before they moved the servers. So that I had a two-week period where I was playing on 12 ping, and I made it from nice. like bronze up to gold. And it was in that period where I knew I only had a finite amount of time to abuse the fact that I was playing effectively on one before before I had to move up to Cold Lake as well. So my ping was going to be like 80. Oh. So, um, I was raging. And that was only like, the power was only out for like three hours then. But yeah. Like, my, it days. Was, my days. It was 27... It was 27 hours when we left the power had been out. By the time we got home, they said it was back on. But then she, there was a message on my cell from my, the evening after saying the power was back out again. So, and they've got like a generator to power the refrigerator and stuff for when, because it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. If you have to plan for power to just not be there, you don't like, you don't have electricity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's intermittent at best <laughs> yeah, um, no no you're okay like I don't I like to think that I don't need the stuff you know I'm not overly part of uh, the background to uh, people mm-hmm. can't see because audio format may lead you to disagree but you know I, I'm wearing my, my crappy Walmart t-shirts and my I'm wearing my pair of trainers that I've had for like, seven years because I've got all holes in it, but really comfy and it's, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't... Are those in the house shoes? Do you have house shoes and then not house shoes? Uh, the, uh, so I, I wear them when I don't... When no, like, I wear them to if I'm going to walk either to a park or if I'm going to go to work, I'll wear them to work because I work in a game store and I'm going to be on my feet all day, so I just want to be comfy. Yep. Uh, function over style. Yeah. No, I agree but, with that. But I, I think... Uh, just reliable internet, electricity, and running water. Yep. Right. Those are kind of must. It'd be different. Like, so, like, my family and I would do a lot of camping. We haven't done any this year, COVID-19. Thanks. Um, but, like, you mentally get prepared for the fact that... Yeah, like, no, you, you plan. Like, I wouldn't have taken my laptop with, like, six different spreadsheets worth of data to go over. Right. And not, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not... I could have sat in the car and like plugged with stuff in in the car and had power, but I'm not that sad, you know. <laughs> you're not gonna but go. Not to a party. You're not gonna go to a party and paint a model while everyone else is partying. I can't imagine <sighs> someone. <laughs> we had that. Work. We had that happen. <laughs> we we knew a guy who did that. Painted a Land Raider at a party. Well, guys, if he's got a tournament the next day, you'd do it too. No, <laughs> left the party. It was no, like, he didn't. So Did you, we've, you think I was being anti-social? Yes, yes, Bob, you were. Just for yeah. the record, <laughs> we used to go down to uh, Warhammer World and do like throwing schools and stuff like that. And we'd get the around like seven eight o'clock in the evening and go out for something to eat and have a few drinks and then start the event the night like the morning after. And always be like one or two people who would go all the way down from Scotland, get to Nottingham, and like. Oh, I can't come out. I've got to finish painting my uh, my last two squads for tomorrow. Like, oh, do you want to stay in and help? <laughs> for fuck no, loser. Oh, I did yeah. all my painting last week. 
Yeah, my shit's painted, homie. I'm done. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. luck. <laughs> oh, moron. Yeah, it's all right, have. Dave. I, I'll help you paint next time. Not this time. I'm going out drinking. <laughs> I planned for this. Oh, anything else? Yeah. I was saying to Chad earlier, I bought some Games Workshop models. I <gasps> I bought some Necromunda stuff. I think I'm going to start oh, playing cool. Necromunda. Did you get those like the ogres or whatever there was that, that new box? That I've got them on hold because uh, so I was going to get them, but uh, the yeah, Ogrin, sorry, yeah, the slave ogrins uh, and the Jotum ogrin box, but it's like one hundred and fifty dollars for six models. So yeah, it's I'm gonna wait. US for six yeah. models. Yeah, but I picked up some new of the new uh, card gangers because I've nice. got um, I've got all of the old metals as well, so. I've the got... upside of Necromunda, though, like that's all the models you need. That's your entire team. Yeah, I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you. You fucking American <laughs> losers. What fucking team? Well, t- We're right, not I'm... playing Blood Bowl. <laughs> it says on the <laughs> fucking box. What does this word say? Gang. Gang. I'm sorry. Oh. You're right. I apologize. It is a it's gang. It's like people who talk call it a team in X Wing. It's a squadron. It's you go squad. on a squadron builder. <laughs> it's not a team. <laughs> you have a right. it's an army in 40k. Often. It's a team in Blood Bowl. I just you oh, fucking hate all of you. <laughs> oh, that really if Ed played me. more games. Ed has to play more games, he would know this stuff. That, that's 100 percent a trigger warning for me. It fucks me off so much. <laughs> I read it on Facebook. I'll be on a group and I just have to scroll past. I can't. Uh, they could be asking a question that only I know the answer to, and it's like, well, should I look there? Because you used the wrong fucking <laughs> pre to the, the type of models when they're grouped together. Uh, but I don't care if you call it a pack of lions instead of a pride, because that's irrelevant to me. It's, you know, that's not real. But yeah, calling my Cordor team... <laughs> yeah, calling it a Cordor team. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Maybe if we put a if I put a blood bowl on them, the actual football, do they then become a team? Only what if the playing blood bowl. Like, your necro like the Cordor gang could have a blood bowl team, but it's the oh. one thing that I always wanted to see crossover. Like, I, so technically everything happens in blood bowl in the old world, so it's all technically the old Warhammer Fantasy world. I would love to see a crossover. Like, could you imagine like Primaris playing blood bowl? It'd be amazing. <laughs> You want to play? A, uh, you get the core berserkers in games, there. Hell yeah! I think the best you could do for stupid stuff was playing Gorkamaka and having the Rebel Rocks with the land books. <laughs> That's another game they've not reprinted. Of all the specialty games, the specialist games, they did not reprint Gorkamaka. No. I mean, I played more Gorkamaka growing up than I did Necromunda. Um, just because of, I think the cost of entry was even lower because it was plastic orcs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't miss it. <laughs> I have to admit, and this may be heresy. I've never actually played Necromunda. I've seen it; it looks cool. It's just I've never had the opportunity to play it. It's, it's good. I, I ran lots of campaigns when I ran the gaming club in the UK. It's one of those ones. Uh, we not every summer, but we do it relatively often. I used to run pretty cool narrative stuff for it. Uh, have like battles of the week where you got extra points and different prizes up for grabs and do mm-hmm. multiplayer games so i do the old um, you build a massive tower with the old cardboard scenery and on top of it was a one in a million sniper rifle 
and um, every gang could could send two fighters, and then whoever survived to get to the top got to keep it. The uh, big multiplayer game, stuff like that. It's fun. fun. Yeah, so everything I run is fun, Ed. Yeah. Anything else GWYs you picked up, or, or um, is it just Necromunda? All the books. I told you already. I think I grabbed the um, some extra sister battle squads for you, so you can t- send me a, a list you want me to actually start building. Um, I grabbed a box of Primaris Marines for myself, which I probably didn't need to buy yet, so I might take them back and exchange oh, no. them for one Necromunda. Because oh, it's, oh, I see where you're going. Did you just get like intercessors? Yeah, I just wanted a normal squad, uh, just so that I like had had some. So I definitely do want to paint smoke Marines, but you don't you need know. them now. You don't need them. That like space marines, like the the old first firstborn are going up to two wounds. The only difference between in a, a, um, oh, a I don't want them now, to play games with. I just want them to paint. Oh, okay. Well, just for that, so, then yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I mean, if I want to paint a squad of ultramarine primaris intercessors, I kind of need them. Yeah, you you do kind of need them. Yes, I would agree. That would make it a lot easier. Yeah. Just imagine, uh, Chad, four berserkers with two wounds and yeah. chain swords that are AP one. Just 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 throwing that out there. <laughs> Corn Berserkers, two wounds each, squad of 10 <laughs> with Karn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have Karn. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. Oh. All right. So, geez, for me, I've tr- I'll, let me try to give the Cliff Notes summary of all the stuff that I've been doing hobby wise since the last time we met. Um, finished I Indominus on. Well, no, I did stuff. I actually did do stuff. Uh, I finished Indominus on audiobooks. So good. A um, little disappointed. Uh, it was. It's been Told a while you. since I read. It's been a while since I've read a 40k book or listened, or obviously listened to one. It's mostly bolter porn, which is fine. I mean, if you're into bolter porn, that's cool. Like, there's a lot of combat that happens. The stuff that I found the most fascinating, which I thought was interesting about the Indominus book, was because it was told there are chapters in the book that are told from the Necron perspective, which was kind of neat to get an idea of how the inner workings of like the Necrons actually work. Uh, and how they how they do things, I thought it was kind of cool. And then there's this really, really narrative geek inside of me that now likes the Indominus box set just a little bit more because the characters from the book are all in the box set. So the Plasmancer, I know her story. I know the Necron Overlord, and I don't like his character. I know, you know, the the captain. I know the lieutenant. I know all <laughs> the st- Like, it's so kind of cool to be able to, like, I know what you did. I know the battle that this is all about. The only disappointment, and I'm going to, I will say the following words, spoiler alert for those of you who are even interested remotely in 40K in the storybook, in the story that comes out of Indominus. When they announced ninth edition, they did it with this fantastic, amazing video that they put out for it, showing, you know, the Ultramarines against the Necrons, and you have a Sister of Battle in there. The Sister of Battle is in the story. But the battle that you see happen in the video doesn't happen in the book. And that's probably my biggest disappointment, because I wanted to know what was going on and how it got to where it got to. So, like, the Scorepec Destroyer Lord is in that in that little, you know, trailer that they did for Ninth Edition, and that's not how he dies. I was really kind of like, aww, because the whole time it's building up to that battle, and it doesn't happen that way. So I was really kind of disappointed. But, I mean, it is bolter porn. There was some cool stuff in there, but I'm looking to moving on. Uh, I think the next one I'm going to do is some of the new stuff that they're doing um, in the new, what, Dawn of Fire series, I think is the next book on this in my list. Unless there's a second book that comes out after Indominus, I don't remember. Chris, do you remember? Um, so Indominus is the new one from this one, but the the one where you should have started if you wanted to start with just Primaris stuff 
is actually um, Dark Imperium. If you wanted to, what yeah, okay. I did. Not an, yeah, not an audiobook, and good luck finding those books because I tried. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, so crazy. Like, there's two Dark Imperium, and that's the other weird thing. This is. This is I gave away that. my uh, my collector's edition of Dark Imperium to a guy who just moved to the States. Oh, you can watch me unbox this if you want. Oh, 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 oh what is it? Oh. Ooh. Oh, it could be a copy of a book that you just told me is garbage. I didn't say that it was <laughs> garbage. I said it was good for what it was. It, I mean, it's good bolter porn. It really is. It's a good. It's cool. There's some cool stuff that goes on, like how, you, like they. No, oh God, I don't want to spoil the whole book, but I've already given my spoiler warning. Like, there's this. Ooh, he's cracking. What? Why? Now, it, now it's worth less. It's worth half of what you just paid for. What are you doing? That is really cool, though. <laughs> the hardback um, edition of for those of you who are this is audio format only. It is the hardback edition of the Indominus book. Oh, look at that! It's a good. It's a, it is a good one. Oh, I go far. Yeah, Gav, oh, he's sorry. always been, but it is. It's like it's it's a lot of bolter porn, which I mean, again, it's cool. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I was hoping for just a little bit more for in a couple of, a couple of areas, but it's weird. As I start, the thing what's weird about the books, and this is if you're ever going to get into Warhammer 40k lore, is they tell all kinds of shit completely out of order. So when Eighth Edition came out, they started telling the stories of Dark Imperium. Dark Imperium is after the Indominus Crusades. So chronologically speaking, the events that are happening now in the new ninth edition are in about a 140 year span before the stories of what happened in eighth edition. <laughs> like they reference the Indominus campaign in some of the stuff from Dark Imperium, but they don't actually go into it, which is kind of bizarre because the silent Kings coming back from the Necrons, which seems like a pretty damn big event that was just kind of glossed over in the lore. Like, yeah, there was this Indominus Crusade facing, and that's how the Primaris Marines got their experience, and that's why they're now just as good, or if not better, than the Firstborn Marines. And we move on. And like, wait, wait, wait. So now they're going to focus completely in this Indominus campaign, or Indominus Crusade time frame, and I know shit's coming, because we've seen the model for the Silent King. We've seen the books that are coming out. They're going to focus a whole new span of time filling in that time, filling on those gaps. I mean, Ultimately, in the end, we know the Ultramarines are going to win, and we ultimately, in the end, we know that uh, Reboot Gilliman's going to get out, and the Primaris Marines are also going to be like broken up after that. So it's kind of weird, kind of re- it's completely out of chronological order. But for me, since I didn't read any of it, it's all new to me, so I'm good. So yeah, that was really good. Uh, I did mention I had as I already mentioned before, I um, painted up. Um, I'm this super close to finishing up my uh, my first squad of Necron Warriors out of the Indominus box set. I'm genuinely regretting. Uh, priming them in Krylon Silver. I don't know what it is about the finish that is on this paint, but whenever you go to put wash over a paint and it beads up like water... Uh, like, do you uh, have like a, dull, a dull coat? Well, I'm going to have to do that. So that's going yeah. to be the next so thing I have to do. So coat it and then put the wash on? Right, because whatever it is, it's the finish on top of the paint that is causing that to bead up which is causing some problems trying to get paint to stick to the damn model. So I take ownership of that. That's my fault. I'm just going to do Zenith highlighting for all the other new stuff, like the new Necron Immortals that I just bought. I'm not going to go down the route of make it the easy way and Krylon spray them. No, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the, the prime in black and then Zenith highlight them on, then Zenith prime them on top and then build up the silvers. Like I'm going to do it the right way. That's what I should have done in the first place, but I really wanted to get them done quick. You just spray them black and dry brush them. Um, 
they, then they look then, then they look exactly like the ones that I have. And uh, admittedly, it took me a little bit to get the paint. That's why it took me four hours, by the way, to get a squad of ten um, <laughs> batch painted and almost done. Um, but they're going to look so much better. They all the details pop. Everything looks good. I'm really, really, genuinely pleased with how they came out in the ultimate in the end. So there is that. Do I paint something really, really quick and get it quote unquote tabletop ready, or do I take the time and make it look better and make it look good? And I'm choosing to go the the make it look good route. So you're right, though. The next thing I've got to do is I've got to go out because you're really what you should do if you're going to gloss your if you're going to under, and you should finish your models with a, a clear coat. You should do it with a gloss first, and then go over top of it with a matte to make sure that so the gloss seals everything in. That's what's going to be what's protecting. I mean, now that nothing's really pewter models, so you don't really need that level of protection on stuff now because like plastics don't really chip. So uh, yeah, it's just it, it's more if you're having trouble with the wash not so like, not sitting properly. Let's put a matte varnish over it, and then you'll have a different surface for it to sit on. Yeah, that's and that's what I'm going to have to do. So, like, literally every model that came out of the Indominus wax set, I've got to do that too. What I'm afraid of doing that is that all of that fills in the details. That's what I'm afraid of most. Whatever sheen, whatever finishes on top of that model already is partially doing that, but at least at this point, it's manageable. I don't know. We'll see how I do. Maybe I just struggle through it. We'll see. I mean, it's only a better painter. No, no, no. I, it's I'm. I'm taking the fault. It's genuinely the primer, quote unquote, primer that I chose to do it's fault. It's my fault for not doing a little bit more research to see that there was it wasn't a flat finish. Like all this stuff, like whenever I painted my um, Swarm Lord, that was a flat white. I had no problems whatsoever painting that one. That turned out perfect, exactly the way I wanted it yeah. to. It's literally what you, I wish you could have been there to see it. I sit there and I put the wash over silver and it literally beads up like like water on the hood of a car. And I went, what is this? And at first I thought, oh, my non oil isn't shaking up. Like I'm getting all the medium under there. So I shake it up really, really well. And it's yeah. still doing it. And I'm like, no, no, it's it's the primer that I use. It's the paint that I used. So won't be doing that again. I'm going to go down the right route and prime it properly and take the right, proper amount of time for that. So, yeah, I did that. Um, actually finished up all of my um, – I finished up my um, Skypad landing show too because um, I was waiting for the yeah. – Oddly enough, whenever you have to put that much known oil on it to actually get it to stick down, it takes a little time to dry. Um, so I got yeah. finished up too. So, And then I start looking at my Boxo terrain and going, well, shit, I've got so much more terrain I need to finish too. And then I've got 10 Immortals sitting upstairs. And I'm like, I've got a boatload of painting I've got to get onto. So that's going to be my new project is painting terrain once I get my Necrons done. How's Gabe's painting skills? All right, so this is going to sound odd, but he and his girlfriend have been painting orcs almost every other day. I was going to say, have him help you paint terrain. I think I might. I think I might lean in on that. That's actually not a bad idea if they want something a little bit bigger. And it's one of those things, terrain is one of those things, like, if it doesn't look perfect, it's okay. Like, you want it to look good. You know what? And, of course, I'm... So I'm such a whore for Games Workshop plastic. I'm not going to lie. Like a lot of my, my, my terrain is all GW plastic. So yeah. it's super well detailed. I will give, I mean, you, they're, they're expensive, but they do a really good job. It looks really good. And it definitely fits into the, the, the motif of the game. So that's actually not a bad idea. If they come over and they want something to paint, hey, here's a ruin. Let me teach you yeah. what dry brushing is. I'll come back to you in an hour. <laughs> That's actually not a bad Me. idea. I think I might steal that. 
that, that's what I would do. Like, you know, me and my son, we built like a lot of our terrain and stuff. And it was like, hey, he wanted to build something and paint it. I was like, go right ahead. And he just painted this, painted that. And it was like, why not? You know, it's good at painting. He's just, you know. That's not a bad idea, actually. I think I might borrow that. See, so, yeah, I think yeah. games and hobbies wise, that's that's pretty much about it. I've been still chomping at the bit, waiting for uh, Neptune's Pride to start. I heard, I saw in the, the the Discord, there's one spot, one spot left. So if you are listening to this right now and you want to beat the crap out of Ed Ed at a game, join up on the Neptune's Pride one. You have your opportunity. One spot left. One spot left at the time yeah. of this recording. Hopefully by Tuesday that'll be done. Hopefully, surely we can get one more player. I'm just hoping someone doesn't do the four in the clock in the morning for the cycle to switch because that's going to suck. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Just set your alarm. Get up early. <laughs> don't you think I don't think that I didn't take advantage of the fact like, ooh, there's somebody in the UK. I'm going to start maybe moving my stuff now. Whenever I know that they're going to be asleep, and when they wake up, they only have two hours to respond to what I'm doing. Don't think I didn't use that last game. All wow. right, so that's a whole bunch of non-X-Wing materials. So if you have muscled through that, or Chris was kind enough to timestamp that, let's get into some X-Wing discussion, because Chris has some numbers to talk about. So do you want to talk about the genus of where this came from? I want to make sure that we get the you know give credit where credit oh, is due. So I think most people who care about this kind of stuff, which theoretically should be a very low percentage of our player base, um, Chris Allen and a couple of the other crates do a lot of... Um, back see uh, behind the scenes stuff of collecting data and like um maintaining different resources for a community to use uh, contrary to their um personas of you know <laughs> they're actually pretty nice people so as i was going away i decided i'd try and write an article again for some x-wing stuff so i'd planned to look at if there'd been a shift in um the type of stuff that people were playing pre and post COVID. So I'd got him to send me um, all of the raw data for like from the January points change to I think it was the end of March. And then I skipped April entirely as not relevant. Right. And then from um May through to um the last points change just to see if in that stint there'd been a sudden shift that no people didn't need to like own all of the ships that we need to play and could just try <laughs> stupid shit. So, um, yeah, uh, that's what I planned on doing. But then as an added bonus, Chris sent me the um, post points upgrade, uh, post points for the latest points up change. So relatively new data. This doesn't include the Gold Squadron event that they ran last weekend, so that would have been the weekend of the 5th and 6th. So I think it was Daphnia they called that one. Uh, so that data isn't included in this, but I don't think it's really going to matter for our level because we're not going at super deep dive on competitive squad analysis, but just some maybe interesting takes. We'll, well and even some of those new ships, I don't even know, would have the, the game count to even be able to get into some of the top lists either. That's one of the conversations that a lot of people had whenever this, when COVID started. What, metas are really interesting things. And when you have a break like this, meta starts off, this is a really good list. So everyone then beats to beat that list. And then that list that beats this list is now the top list on the meta. So then you have to be able to list to be able to beat that list. 
without the competitive environment, you get into this weird homogenous state where technically anything could rise to the top because it hasn't been given the opportunity in a competitive environment to do that because everyone's building lists to beat lists A, B, and C. So this is one of those... That's why, like, some of the stuff that's on this list is really fascinating, like stuff you wouldn't have thought of um, being run and run quite a bit of and doing pretty well. Maybe the meta is going to shift big time whenever we finally get back to playing on the table. Because I think we're yeah. done for 2020. Like, uh, FFG has basically said, no, nada, yeah. nothing 2020. So, uh, do you want to start with ships or upgrades? Oh, let's start with ships. Ships are the way to go. Ships are the best. So uh, what I'll do, all of this I'll post in the uh, in the public Discord um, so that people can jump on and have a look at it. So if you want to look at the stuff we are talking about, I'll post them in the X-Wing section of the uh, the Dissate Discord, and all of that's linked in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But um, where do you want to start? And I don't know, what do you want to look at? Cause I, said, so, I, I did all of this for you, Ed, because I, I know you like this stuff. Correct. So for the audio-only format, if you're not staring at this right now, if you're listening in your car, you're driving to work, there's a bunch of interesting statistics that are this is this is going to take into account. Uh, the first major one is going to be the game count. So this data was collected over, I don't even know how many tournaments over so the time. So this is um, from when did points drop? That would have been the end of July, was it? Points drop? So it's it's Correct. about a month to six weeks worth of data from online tournaments, I believe. Um, Mostly Vassal, I assume. So, uh, Vassal and Tabletop Simulator. It's basically anything that's entered into List Fortress. But I believe that um, I believe Chris filters out tournaments of less than twenty people. Correct. We're talking larger count. Um, I can't remember exactly if Chris still filters that out for because I got the raw data, so I can't remember if that'll be filtered or not. I'll have to ask him. I can just message him now. Uh, Okay. But while you're doing uh, that, I'm going to write some of the the interesting points on this. So game count is uh, a key point in this, meaning it's not just a ship. It's obviously pilots. We're talking specifically pilots. So it's the number of games that a particular pilot has been fielded in a list over this time frame. They're counting the number of wins for... of games with that particular pilot, and they basically determine the win percentage. Like it played in. So, for example, the first one that I'm looking, the first one that jumps out to me because I love the ship and I love the pilot, uh, Echo, for example. We're going to use Echo as an example. So, Echo on this list has played in 54 games, uh, won 39 of those games, and has a win percentage of about 72%. The second category is if that ship then made the final cut of, I assume, top eight or it could be top 16, but made the cut. Of the games that it made in the cut, how many games did it play in the cut, and how many games did it win? And in Echo's case, played nine games in a cut, won seven of those games for a win percentage of 78. So there's two percentages that you're dealing with. One is the overall win uh, percentage of the ship, and then in the top eight. So, so there's some interesting, weird anomalies that come out of that one. And the one that Chris pointed out, of course, Kylo Ren. So Kylo Ren is in, according to this, 128 games. 165 has a win percentage of 51%. However, in the event that he made it and made it to the cut, played four games, won four games, has a 100% cut percent win percentage. 
So it's like one of those weird scenarios where had a 51% win percentage in all the other games, but when he did make it to the finals, had a 100% win rate when he got there. Now that's one event. So that's a weird you know, aberration in the data. It's a little bit weird. So you need to kind of keep a lot of that stuff in mind. The win percentage is probably one of the bigger ones. Um, and then the average number, the number of lists uh, that this particular ship shows up in is pretty, uh, pretty telling as well. So Jake Farrell, for example, from the Rebel Alliance is the, the highest number that's on this list, uh, showed up in 11 different lists, played 90 games, 144 of them has a win percentage of 44%, only made the cut once it looks like played in three games, won one. <laughs> and has a 33% win percentage. So there's some interesting aberrations in the data, but what it does do um, when you take into account the game counts, that tells you how many people are taking the, taking that particular ship and that particular pilot. That is a big one because it says these are the ones that people are currently playing with. And then you look at that win percentage and what rises to the top. So I know that was super mathy, and I do apologize for that, but there is some interesting data that does come out of this. So the top ship, um, based on win percentage, and th- uh, Chris, you said for this particular list that you filtered out, had to be a minimum of 50 games. Uh, so it had to have a game count of 50 or above um, is the filter I applied to. I just heard back from Chris that this is completely unfiltered. So anything that was entered into West Fortress, it could be a four-man tournament. It could be okay. a 300-player thing. Uh, okay, anything that, that made it through West Fortress. Place. Yeah, that yeah, might explain to me. In that, in that time scale. Yeah, that makes sense in the, the aberrations of the data then. Although, I mean, it's possible. Like, someone could have gone to a 300-person tournament and won it with Kylar Ren. Totally possible. I, I don't know, but, I mean, it is entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, still the best silencer, by far. I mean... Oh, by far. Uh, I mean, what, 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 is that statement factually accurate now? Shall we check? Uh, <laughs> yep, good. I am correct. Stuff up. Okay, he's double-checking. <laughs> well, at least in the data set that I'm looking at. Yeah. So the top one, the Separatist Alliance Panactra Arena Ace and the Nantec class Starfighter was in two lists, 55 games played though. So it does meet the count, win percentage of 76%. That's the highest one on that one. Yep. Made the so, co- oh, go ahead. So this is um, the six uh, Nantec spam that they say at the points change, they lowered the, they shifted the cost from the Nantex onto Ensnare. So this is six Nantex without Ensnare. And I've already posted my hot take in the general chat uh, and had some back and forth for people on that in our Discord already. But yeah, we'll get to that later. Hey, hot take. Ironhead Games, guess what just started? We got our last sign-up. <laughs> Yay. So... Never mind what I said about Neptune's Pride. You already missed out. I apologize. <laughs> Good thing we're you're going to go, I put all my moves in ahead of time. I already know what I'm go- yeah. where I'm going and what I'm doing. I've already stopped listening to you. I'm playing Neptune's Pride. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's an interesting aberration. in, in the. So, some of the other stuff, though, that I really like... I got to go with my boy. Right, so, Echo. I already, I already kind of gave Echo's information on that one. Some of the other high-count games... Look at like uh, Holo, for example, for the first order. Um, 82 games, but only made the cut. Five games played, 60% winage. You start getting into some of this, like the, the top percentage on the win cuts. So things like Rose Tico, 80%, 71 games played. You're looking at the Trade Federation drone, which totally makes sense. Um, that makes it 80% of the time. But you start getting some of the high-end stuff. I don't, I'm going to blow by Kylo Ren because I still think that that's, that's an aberration. 
There's some wedge. Wedge is still in there at sixty percent win percentage. Um, where's my boy? There he is. Rear Admiral Sherno. Played in six lists, seventy-one game counts. So 40, 44 of the games. I, I just want to come back to wedge. Okay. Oh, okay. I so, I, I, I kind of glazed over. So wedge. It's in it's in ten lists. At a hundred games. And he's got a forty-seven percent win rate. Yeah, that's below fifty percent. So Wedge loses more games than he wins, but if he makes a cut, he wins sixty percent of the time. Right, exactly. So that I would say the cut percentage is more of an aberration than the uh, the actual. I, I think forty-seven percent is probably dragged up a little bit by good players rather than the uh, other way. Yeah. What is interesting, well, though, so the two ships that are the highest count at the time of the data was taken, Kylo Ren has the highest game count of 128, tied with Fen Rao. Fen Rao makes sense to me, but Fen Rao's cut percentage is only 25% of the wins. And basically, Kylo and Fen Rao are neck and neck as far so, as the win is concerned. I think 50, I don't think the numbers are high enough for the cut percentage to be a meaningful figure realistically. Yeah, no, I'm okay with it. Um, so basically, we can ignore that column. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's fun for talking points, but like Bubba Fett has got a 55% win rate out of 100 and, 119 games played, but a 0% cut win rate. Right. He made three so, cuts. So he made it to the top 16 or top eight and then yeah. dropped that first round. So yeah, no, I see where you're going as far as the win percentage. Win percentage is probably the higher end one to to really key in on. So Academy Pilots, 63%. They're doing pretty well. And then Rear Elmo Chirno, of course, oh, I got sitting at 62%. I thought large base ships didn't play well in second edition. What's going on here? Okay, sorry, I, I have a correction from Chris. He Uh-oh, said um, um he just double checked the data he sent me and apparently he did filter. Um, so it was uh, events with more than 10 players that had more than 65% of the lists filled out on List Fortress. Ah, so, that's the other part, because not everyone fills out their lists. Yeah. So he said, thanks, past Chris. He saved himself some work of having to resend me data. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks, Chris. Mm. Oh, there you go. Trade Federation drones are coming in at 60%. Yeah, there's, there's some interesting stuff. All right. So the largest data set that definitely jumps out to me again vader 112 yeah. played games so this is of if and again i know we're not looking at the win percentage but this is an interesting 112 games played 63 wow, games won at a 56 percent win percentage makes the cut 11 times which is the highest number of times a ship or a pilot makes the cut in this data set wins eight games at a 73 percent win percentage so while there are aberrations on the low end, like a Kylo Ren that only made it one time clearly and, and won the event, making the cut 11 times and winning at 76. So I believe I that that's games within a cut, not making the cut. Oh. So that could be, uh, if it's a cut to top 16, top eight, top four. So that one cut could be four games. Generally, you're looking at three games per cut if you make it to a final. 73% uh, win So, I, so, so the way I choose to interpret Dengar's data, for example, is that he's got a 52% win rate. He's had two games in the cut, but lost both of them. So he's made the cut twice, but been knocked out in the first round of the cut both times. Both times. 
from so out of six lists, two of them made the cut, but never progressed any further than that. Is how I interpret that data. Yeah, I would how interpret I choose, it. how I choose to interpret it. Now, interestingly enough, Han Solo, <laughs> fifty-two uh, games played, twenty-three won, forty-four percent win percentage, did not make a cut. Braylon oh. Strump, that's actually really surprising to see Braylon Strump's in the same. Like, fifty-nine games played, thirty-six percent win percentage, okay, didn't make a cut in that data. He's at because, a zero because he loses more than he wins. Yeah, he loses way more than he wins apparently. So that would imply. Yeah that Braylon is in fact a terrible ship and needs buffing. <laughs> I mean, right. so that's why I mean, th- that's why this kind of information is really good fun to talk about. Because we know that well, if you took points from, would it be pre-July last year, I think? Mm-hmm. Uh, Braylon's win percentage would have been much, much like Rebel Beef time. Braylon would have been rocking a really high win percentage. Oh, God, but yeah. I think uh, we talk about... Uh, so we like the royal we um, we we talk about win percentages and how we compare stuff to like computer games and like in a real game something that had like a 52 percent win rate would be pretty high and probably need fixing if this was a computer game yeah but the way that because of the size of like the sample size Braylon suddenly falls off and is only in like 59 games and has a terrible win right now because, and it's how much you place on Braylon himself compared to the rest of the list. And because of the intricacies of building lists, I think you've got to be very careful how you extrapolate some of the information. Because if you want to play a really fun game, you could play the... If I want to make a really good list, I should put Rear Admiral Shirno, Echo, and Suntir Fell in the list, and then I win all the time, right? <laughs> oh, so one thing I was talking about... So I think the better way of doing this, and it might be worth... Um, let me pull up my correct things so I can like, look at them properly, side by side. But um, yeah, I was talking to Chad about the fact that you could look at... Um, the upgrades and the ships and kind of see how they're being yeah. built and used together. Oh, I guess we should probably pull up the, uh, yep. pull up the, pull up the, uh, the old upgrade slide. We, we've, we've, I've bantered. I have bantered quite a long time on the old, uh, pilots themselves, but you are right. So for example, at the top of the list for the win percentage, uh, same statistics, uh, game count, win percentage, and then cuts and wins. Same thing. Admiral yeah. Sloan at the top at a 69% win chance. So that, to me, would make me think that Sloan is being run on Sherno. Yeah, pretty much where I would think that that's going most of the time. Or, um, like, this remember, is- because of the way the date, so I can actually unfilter this now. So let me remove right, that. This is post-point change, right? Yeah, that's the current... So even after the point change, crack shot at number two, 146 games played at a 67% win percentage. So this is one of the things you can start looking at now. So if you look at the top win percentage having been um, the, the Pentrankin Arena Ace, Pet, Pentran, Petranaki, I don't know. The, <laughs> the Nantex, I don't fucking know. We initiated four Nantex. I tried <laughs> I've done it. So that runs Crackshot on every one of those. That makes sense. So, and then when you look at the fact that that's a 76% win rate, so obviously 
people are putting crack shot on Brill and Stram, who's dragging the win percentage down. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So, so now, I've, now I've got a question. So if I've got a six uh, a six ship squad that are all running crack shot, does crack shot count once in that aggregate data? Or look, at the ga- look at the game count for the same time period for crack shot. Yeah, 146. So that's what it is. That and that's a big helper because what it does is it multiplies its its effectiveness. Yes, because it's yeah. only in nine. So it only appeared in nine lists, but it had 146. 146 games. games. Whereas you look yeah. at some of the other ones that came out of here were pretty interesting. Um, but we, what was the one that jumped out? That since we're on that same topic, jamming beans being one of them at 155 games, proton bombs at 186. But the big one. Um, uh, Contraband Cybernetics, 245 games played. I recognize that that's really low down the list, quote-unquote low down the list, a 51% uh, win so, rate. So that's, that's where some of this is starting to make sense now. Okay, that's I, in 22 lists as well. Yeah, that's yeah, that's list says yeah. 22 there, which is the most. Yeah, so it's, Contraband is appearing in the most lists. So that, to me, would indicate that people are putting Contraband on multiple ships. Mm-hmm. Or that contraband is going on like, a popular pilot like Bubba Fett is getting com- contraband and stuff like that. And like you can look at uh, Slave One title and what's it? I think when me and Chad were chatting, like Slave One and uh, Maul yeah. as upgrades, which are yeah. going to their numbers are intrinsically tied to Bubba's. Yeah, yeah, just like Slave One is probably intrinsically tied to to Bubba's. Yeah. So like Mall Crew having a fifty-one percent win rate, but then you've got um, like triple zero because people are looking at ways to get get more like get Bubba those extra tokens, and both yep. Mall gives him the force, triple zero gives him it if he's close in, and like you can kind of see the where it all ties together when you start seeing the, the similar percentages and similar numbers of games played and stuff like that. Yeah, some of the other stuff that jumped out to me, which I thought was it's interesting again coming from my old granted um first edition mindset into second edition some of the higher ones on here that are bizarre to me shield upgrade an 11 list 168 played games which means it's on multiple things uh sitting at 57 percent um we're looking at hull upgrade on 20 lists which is the second highest in the aggregate data that we're looking at 238 games played at a 50 percent so do you remember, so, Chad, do you remember first edition when people, if you saw someone who put like a shield upgrade or a hull upgrade, you're like, oh, what? You didn't have anything else to spend points on, so you just put it on a ship? Like I recognize that you are very different. You intentionally put that on ships on purpose yeah. for a reason. But most other quote-unquote competitive lists, you never saw shield right. upgrade and you saw hull upgrade. Nobody yeah. took them because they're points that you would put somewhere else. So it's interesting to me to see those so high up on the list. So like, where I always did shield on the. Yeah, I always put shield upgrade on Pierce the Block just to piss people off. <laughs> Didn't you so, do it on too? One of the reasons why uh, Hull upgrade that, yeah. would have more. Yeah. So, so you need to look at the reason Hull upgrade would have more appearances is because if you're running hyperspace, you can't take shield. Yeah. Oh, I didn't consider that. You're right. So, Hull upgrade is available in both formats, whereas in shield isn't. So that's another thing you have to take into account when you look at so like Sloan has only got um that that win percentage, but she isn't hyperspace legal. So she's right. got a sixty-nine percent win percentage in extended, but doesn't appear in hyperspace. So whilst she would probably help 
a lot against the uh, Nantex. She can't in hyperspace, so you've got to do other things. Yeah, she's only in four less. I wonder, so that that would be another interesting piece of data to know is how many of these were hyperspace events and how many of these were extended. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what everyone's playing. Is everyone's because again, and this probably goes back into the conversation we had in the last episode. Um, I had foregone the, you know, I, I had given in to the hyperspace is not what we wanted it to be. Extended is really what X Wing is. You know, long live extended. Woo. <laughs> but if competitively people are playing hyperspace more than they're playing extended, that could also be very telling as to. It, because you got to figure like these are not FFG events, obviously, because they're being played on platforms that FFG does not support and therefore cannot aggregate data from or acknowledge even exist. <laughs> so it makes me wonder where everyone who's quote unquote playing competitive X-Wing wants to be playing because they're choosing to play in an event that's a hyperspace event or they're choosing to play in an extended event. I'm kind of curious. That would be another interesting piece of data to add in just just for my own personal curiosity to see which is playing more yeah. uh, one thing uh, i did really like when we look at upgrades is um i as much as i give people for taking heroic it's in 11 <laughs> different lists and it's got a 51 percent win rate because it's just a balance i i think that's actually where it should be uh, if you asked me about her i think it's actually a really well balanced card i don't think that is there's any causation to that? Yeah. But I'm I'm happy that that color color uh, colorate color uh, correlation. Yeah, there is correlation correlates. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I can speak on cool. um, on a podcast. Why would I do a podcast if I couldn't speak and say the word correlation <laughs> and causation? Correlation and is correlates causation. That is the the old statistic one. Yeah. Um. Where else was there? I thought that the one that makes me a little bit sad is advanced protons getting the, the like 52% win rate. Yeah. Whilst normal protons are down at 47, you know. Yep. Maybe they're too expensive. Maybe they need to come down a little bit. Maybe. No, no. But, <laughs> we were in the early days of second edition with those things being everywhere. And this is the one for charge, you know. You've got to start running out maneuver, man. It's only got a 47% win rate. Yeah, oh, it's not even. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's, on. It, it's not even on. Yeah, I've got the full tables. I only posted it, so I cut off your list at fifty percent. So fifty percent and below, you guys don't get to see because you don't need it for what we're going to talk about. But I thought I'd throw those ones in. So again, right. I, I I'd be really fascinated to know how much people are playing hyperspace and how much people are playing. Um, because again, like, if you want to sit down and if I wanted to sit down and build a list based off of some of the data here, I'm looking at. So I'm like, okay, Admiral Stone's clearly on the number one title. By the way, is the Dauntless title. So it's obviously it's Sloan and you know Real Amirshirno with the Dauntless title. I see that Vader is also high up on the crew list, so that's probably something else that's going to be run on Chirno. We know that Echo's in there. I'm kind of curious as to what um, uh, upgrades are putting on Echo, and then you've got. What soon to your fell? So is that is that the, the is that the meta quote unquote extended um, imperialist? I don't know. I'm kind of curious. I should probably go on to list fortress and find out. I'm kind of really kind of curious to see what people are running on those. But that you could om- you could almost literally see just in the data you could almost build lists and pick and pick people uh, pick and choose which upgrades belong on which ships. Who was yeah. the other one? Jumped out fanatical. That's another good one. I could see that maybe on on Echo. 
Fanatical, so uh, fanatical and proud tradition are first order only. Yep, yep. So they've got pretty good win percent. Considering how people tend to deride first order, that they don't get the job done, an 83% cut win rate for fanatical and um, a 75% cut win rate for proud tradition. There's some power in that first order squad, man. You just got to get to the cut. That's the catch. Yeah, you've just got to leverage it, yeah. But like, even get... so, like, Fanatical still got 60% win rate in normal games. Proud Tradition's higher at 66. But it's in four lists. And like you can tell because it's got the average bid on here. So Proud Tradition's only got a two-point bid in average. Fanatical's got slightly higher. So it's appearing in lists where you don't think it's really leaning on an ace, like moving last kind of thing. So. That's- data point that I don't have on my list. Did I remove the average bid from yours? Sure. Oh, no, that is. Okay, wow. It's a whole column that I've been ignoring this whole freaking time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's an average bid there, too. I didn't So, like, good example. Slave 1, average bid's 4.25. But, yeah, okay, there we go. Okay, I can see that. I have learned how to read. Yeah. Dude, so, like... Uh, crack shot, oh. one point. Nobody's going for a bit of a crack shot. I'm going to fill as oh. many as I can crack shot. Uh, Obi-Wan has got an average bit of three and a half. You know, people want uh, Jedi's to move last. Who knew? In, ben right, Rowe. So, uh, I'm so proud of people. Oh, those numbers are. Do you remember, like, like and again, I'm going to go back to... Okay, the, you say that, but look at Soon to your fell. Oh, let me go back to him. I did not look at Soon to 4.6. And that's okay. the average bid over five lists. So it only takes one person to have spent all 200 points to ruin that that number. Okay, but a four-point bid in second edition isn't... That's a five-point bid, really. Okay, a five-point bid. Is that really that big of a... Because I remember, and again, this is some of the early days of second edition, people were going in with seven, eight, ten-point bids to make sure that they got the first turn. And you go back to first edition, for those of you that are still the old school guys from from first edition, that would be the equivalent of having a five-point bid, which was not that uncommon... Um, if you really wanted to go first and be able to choose that you're shooting first or, or moving first. Okay, so this is a good game to play, which you can't do. But <laughs> if I... Um, but I all the toys to play with, Chris. I know. I've, I know. It's not my fault. I didn't care enough about your en- enjoyment to give you everything. I'll, I'll send you a file once I'm done. Um, we absolutely. So, uh, you're the uh, one that said Anyway. <laughs> So Afterburners has got an average bid of seven points over two lists. That makes more sense to me. Yeah, but has a 53% win rate. So if we go down to... So I've sorted it from highest average bid to lowest average bid. Uh, then Solus 1 has got an average bid of zero because it's only in one list. Yeah. And has a win percentage of 59%. Still not bad. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't matter holistically if you're spending all of your points or not and that's definitely a 100 percent way you could interpret that data yeah, from one line sure <laughs> one list sure whenever you take some oh. for, so like let's take proton bombs for example that one's in a little bit of a bigger data set no let's go take that back let's let's go uh hull upgrade 20 games 20 lists 238 games average bid two points yeah so Again, that's another list that's basically trying to max out as much as they can, probably playing yeah. in, in hyperspace so and I, not... Expecting. I think 
the better way to look at whether bids matter is probably in the pilots. Right? If I'm not going to be uh, overly yeah, stupid. Correct. Seven point bid for Grand Inquisitor. Whoa. That's yeah. more what I was expecting. See, this is before I knew this column existed. I had said I was thinking more like seven me, and that would make much more sense. He's only in two lists, though, so it's not a, it's not a huge data set. Well, none of these are really big data sets. Two's so a you've got to just look at the game count to be a filter because it, this time period for a number of lists is... Um, and I, that, I believe number of lists is number of identical lists. Identical lists? I believe so. So if so, me... so when you say that, so if I take Mirabelcherno and Grand Inquisitor in one list, and I take Sunterfell and Grand Inquisitor in another list, they don't count the same. No, what I mean is, so countdown only appears in one list. A baronet that doesn't mean that it was that one person played eleven game, uh, played four games. So okay, that's a bad example. It probably does. Probably does. Um, <laughs> the Scimitar Squadron pilot. Yeah appears in one list but has 11 games so i see what you're saying so whenever it says list it's it, not saying this one squad yeah, this not one person playing this one list i believe okay. this goes more into the the list fortress quote-unquote list yeah so like the there are soon tfl appears in five different lists it, it could have been fielded more than that i believe this information says but there are five unique lists that have been submitted that feature soon TFL. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense because I, I was wondering I about believe, some caveated, you know, bold, all caps. I believe that's how it well, works. So it may, it starts to make sense now. So if you look at ZZ, for example, averages in, is has been in three lists, played a hundred and twenty four games. That makes a little bit more sense. That's why the list counts are quote unquote so low. It's yeah. which how many different unique lists. Not this ship showed up three times throughout this yeah. event. It's, it's in three separate unique lists. How many unique so, lists are you? I, okay. I believe what you what you're wanting to do if you're looking to find a, the broken squad is obviously you find the something that's got one list with lots of high game count and high win win rate. Yes, exactly. That's how you would peel that out. Yeah. So, for so example, look at just the smallest win rate. Uh, so, smallest to highest game count is Kyle, but he's in eight lists. Um, I was looking at uh, ta -ta -ta, zealous recruits in one list at fifty-two games played at a fifty-eight percent win percentage. If you go back to the 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 six Nantex, two quote-unquote unique lists, fifty-five yeah. games played. So one of those lists is six Nantex. The other one, I believe, would take um, the Trade Federation bomber in replacement for one of them. I think the 404 drops into the list pretty well. So now that's Grand Inquisitor, quote-unquote, two lists with 77 games played. Covenel, one yeah. list, 65 games played at a 52%. Yeah. So that's definitely a, quote-unquote, meta list. This is the only time you see this one. Yeah, so one Squadron Cadets. 56% win rate. Yeah, I almost jumped out on that one too. So, that, so this would imply as one list is obviously a full show of eight FOs, which would have zero bid, and then the other one would be so um, probably, I don't know, how would, how would that math work? Uh, Epsilon Squadron? Eh, I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, and then people are running a mini swarm and Kyle, maybe something like that. Maybe I don't know, I'd have to find the list. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else that you really want to delve deeper into? Sense so that I can kind of really dive into it. This has been a cool discussion, though, because again, it tells you at least from here. What do we got here? One, two, three, four, five, five, what the top twenty-five quote-unquote pilots in the game right now, as far as their win percentages are concerned. It gives you a peek behind the curtain as far as which quote-unquote medalists are being run. Yeah, no, this is fascinating. This is really fascinating. So, so if you don't of- care about game count, if I remove that filter. The highest win percentage ship is the Scimitar Squadron pilot. It's really? in one list. It's appeared in 11 games, and it won nine of them with an 82% win rate and a 100% win rate through a cut. So one person ran it at a tournament, played six rounds, and only... Uh, mm. Yeah, like seven rounds. Yeah, so one person ran it and took it through to win an event. I'd like to see that list. I always wanted to see the generics do well. Had a bit of three points, so that would imply that it was a scimitar in with um, Aces as well. Yeah. It was probably a fellowship. Yeah. And then you can look at what Tambor was in one list, played five games, won four of them. 80% win rate. Easy. One, yep. clearly. Countdown, uh, a 75% win rate from four games. Yeah, so maybe that's not necessarily the bad. Because again, I think that's where I think cutting it off at 50 game counts is probably better because it does eliminate some of those. Yeah, I I picked an an arbitrary number when I was getting the data together. You picked a good number. So it it eliminates. One of the ships that you don't get to see because of that number, though, Ed, the Delta Squadron pilot, Thai Defender, is in one list. It's got a game count of 30. And do you want to guess at its win percentage? 62%. Higher. Really? Yeah. 73. Lower. 70% win rate. 70%. Come on, FFG. Give me three. Give me three. Are you fucking kidding me? I've just told you that the Delta already has a 70% win rate over 30 games, and you think it should be cheaper. Are you fucking insane? I'm still looking for... All of that said to me is that people are shit and haven't actually realized that the Defender is fucking brilliant. Give me Vader in a Defender and I'll take a 100-point bid. I'm good. (laughs) Okay. Let's play a game, shall we? How expensive is Vader in a Defender? All right. right, So it's been a touch. How expensive is the most expensive? Let me break out the app. New Squadron. That has to be hyperspace, correct? Yeah. So I am going to go with the old... That's No, it's not hyperspace. It's no, extended. Sorry, extended. Sorry. Wrong yeah, way it's extended. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. So we are going to go ahead and add ye old TIE Defender. And yep. we are looking at Vessery being the top one at 82. Now, keeping in mind, we've now been exposed to the idea that we can change the title on a pilot and give them a different ability. Um, we have universally agreed that Vader's pilot ability could be like, fuck you, I'm Darth Vader. And it doesn't matter. He doesn't have to have a pilot ability. The fact that he is c- coming along with three force tokens, his f- ability is irrelevant in that chassis. Pretty much. So yep. 
the most points we've ever seen at the onset of a ship was when Dash Rendar came out and he was a hundred points. And that was mostly accounting for the hull and shields that came on that chassis. His ability's good. I mean, his ability's really good, but he's also... let's have a look at um, Anakin in the 7B. It's probably a decent comparison. comparison. I don't know. I mean, so as in a starting point, not a comparison, I should say. Okay, so we're on the same page. Yeah, Anakin is 62 points, but we want to make it 7B. So he's 86 points for one less attack die. No, so same number of attack die, um, one less agility, um, one less shield. A dial that is unarguably worse, and an action bar that is unarguably worse, with a chassis ability that's comparable. In fact, yeah, I would call the chassis ability and the action bar a wash between the two ships. So just the shield upgrade and the extra agility is what we're looking at realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, in fact, is it a wash? No, that fucking defender ability is much better. So yeah, yeah let's, defender... the, let's take this a different direction just for a second. So let's look. Um, Mark Steel is the next highest tie advanced V1. Yeah. At 45 points, which puts Vader at currently at 62. Wait, what did I? I just did my math here. Hold on. So Mark Steele is can't do math. at 45 points. Vader sitting at 67. So he's 22 points more expensive for the additional um, initiative in, obviously, Vader. Being Vader, yeah. So if you were to take Rexler uh, Colonel Vissery at 82 points and add just arbitrarily 22 points, for Vader being Vader. You're looking at 104. 104. Let's say that you still need to pay a point for the initiative six and call it a flat 105. No upgrades, 105 Vader. See, I would, I think, so this is something I think Bob spoke about years and years ago. Oh, we're pulling out our inner bomb. Um, so as ships get more expensive and, and better, they are inherently more gooder. So he, I think that he has to be exponentially more expensive than that. So what, 110? Because didn't I mean, there's a rule like you have to feel. Uh, like- in, I, I'm just as in. I think you can pick a number and add it to that, and probably be closer than just taking that exact thing you just did. If that makes sense. I know. I was using it as a starting point. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I'd pay probably a hundred and. But I, no, no doubt in my mind, I would pay 120 points to have Vader in a defender. Yeah, easily. Yeah. And, and no, I would great. challenge anyone to tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because what do you take? 80 points left over. You've got 80 points for upgrades. You toss in high fighters. Do right. you? This goes back to that Aaron Bonner thing, like where where Aaron Bonner, whenever the tie. Uh, so, do you want to know what I actually toss in? Uh, if can I even fit that for? Uh, so, how much is the Burr Bones fucking um, decimator? The cheapest ass decimator you can take. This is a gun. Sixty-seven platform. points, and so that would give me if Vader's one hundred and twenty. So I have a thirteen-point bid. One eighty-seven. Yeah. yeah. You're 13 point big because you're damn fucking right, Vader's moving last. Yep. Or if you play with crazy people who don't make you have to have a, a big bid, throw Palpatine on there. No, Vader would love that extra force. Oh boy, would he. 
<laughs> oh boy, buddy. So 120 point Vader, a 78 point patrol leader. And all this patrol leader's going to do is fly at you and go, yeah, shoot me. I'm reinforced. Right. Are you really going to go after me? Because if you do, Vader's still on the table. <laughs> He's tearing your ass off. Yep. If you go after Vader, good luck. Yep. Three, four, four, because I've got Palpatine. And he's got yeah, whoever you go after, the other's just going to come at you. Yeah. It's yeah, almost like, like it's almost terrifying to me. I think it's a pretty good list too. <laughs> now, I think you've sold me. I think if they did Vader again, I don't care what his ability is. It doesn't matter. It'd be nice if it did something cool. It really would, but I don't think that it matters on that chassis. Give him a give him a palp shuttle. Go for the uh, twenty five point bid. Make sure that. <laughs> Whatever the no, hell I, can... I think the decimator because I want it to be attacking more and yeah, having no, the, I know the yeah, turret I know and the three die. Right. Like sixteen hit points behind a reinforce with a three die attack and potentially its own force token. Yeah, gives it's it a, a hammer and anvil style list. You yeah. can go and hit the anvil if you want, and you'll be there for three weeks trying to get all the hull off of it while Vader tears you up, or you can try to go and get Vader, and then the Decimator beats you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, initiative two, just throwing three dice wherever the hell it wants with Palp in its back. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. Yep. I, I, I think, and I think that's a completely viable list. Yep. And that, and it that leads to believe that Vader should cost more than 120 points <laughs> if you put him in a defender, because I don't think you should let me do that. <laughs> That's in this hypothetical world where FFG lets us do that. Believe me, if they do that, oh, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It'd be so awesome. Because I love me some TIE Defenders. Like I, That's one of the disappointments to Star Squadrons is I can't fly a Defender. Yeah. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Who knows what DLC will be coming. There's a lot of things uh, you can't I, fly. <laughs> I feel like the only way I would put a Defender in Squadrons is if I wanted to introduce Pay to Win. No, no, you could. Oh, I, w- I would. I If I was EA, I would succumb to that temptation. Yeah. Well, EA... uh, you know what? You don't even buy the ship. You rent it. It's only a dollar. At 50 cents. You want to play a Tide Defenders game? Give me 50 cents. Yeah. Every time you play it. Yeah. It's not like EA's. Do you want to play it again? You want to play it again? Fan base for their greedy games development tact- uh, tactics lately. Ugh. It's not like they didn't kill Star Wars Battlefront 2 because of their microtransactions and the entire internet is blowing them the F up for, hey, Madden 2021 looks exactly like every other Madden you've produced for the last six years and it's $60. I'm paying $60. You're still using the same assets from three games ago, the same Super Bowl celebrations. All the videos are still the same. Like, like why am I paying six? Can I just like pen pay $10 and just upgrade because that's what you're doing. You're paying $60 for a subscription every oh. year. That's what you're doing. And EA has got the monopoly on NFL games right now. And if they're not careful, they're going to lose the star Wars license, which is why I genuinely think that's the main reason why squadrons is coming out. A it's coming out as a $40 game, not a $60 game. And B it's going to have no micros and Jackson's. They are fully well aware that Disney's like, dude, get your shit straight or we're going to have someone else do it. I honestly think that it was a passion project for a lot of people. No, no, no. And I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. And that's one of the things that I liked was the fact that the developers spent a ton of time playing the old X-Wing and TIE Fighter games on on DOS to be like, this is what a Fighter Squadron game should be. Let's just reface that into more modern 4K uh, 4K graphics. Oh, God, I can't wait for that game. Can't wait. And if you're... 
I know if you're still listening to this, there will be a just there is a Discord channel right now for Star Wars Squadron in in our Discord, and we'll be playing. I'm trying to convince Chris to do once a week that we can stream or whatever. I don't care. I don't care if we even put it anywhere. I want a once a week Star Wars Squadron game. Damn it! <laughs> even have if you we're seen the- I'm sorry. Go ahead, Judd. I was going to say, have you seen the meme that they put out with Mace Windu and Anakin Skywalker about EA games? No. Where Anakin's sitting there and he's uh, complaining about how unfair it is that he's paid $60 and yet he hasn't unlocked the full game. Mace Windu is like, yes, we understand you have paid the $60 and we do not grant you the full game. And he's just like, that's so unfair. And then it's like, unlock chair for another $3.99. <laughs> because Anakin's just standing there in the council. He doesn't have a chair. They're like, unlock chair, $3.99. <laughs> yep, that sounds about EA, all right. It's such a shame too because they they started off so well, they started off so well. They did so many cool things, and companies get greedy and just put no yeah. effort in games development. Like that's that's what I'm hoping does not happen with Squadrons. My hope is that it li- it fulfills at least eighty percent of my dreams of what I want this game to be. And where I want this game to be is I want to be able to log on with four of my friends and go blow up ships and run missions and I everything that they're doing is so exciting and I'm really looking forward to it. So there was Wait, EA You have four friends? Maybe? I have two right here. Oh, that's assuming a lot. That's half. <laughs> half. I'm halfway there. All right, Chris, is there anything else more you want to cover on this one? No, I think that was uh interesting. I don't know, a bit of a yeah. A change from a norm for us because we tend to not. I don't think we went too hard. Like every other podcast you listen to is going to be whinging about Nantex, and I didn't want to do that. But yeah, that's fine. The people keep joisting them and losing, and then wondering what went wrong. And yeah, you you joisted a swarm and died. I'm right, unlucky. I don't want to tell you. Fly but, better. Yeah. Don't jump yeah. the swarm. Yeah. I don't joist into a bullseye of Venantex. At least force them to have to barrel roll to chip, move a turret. I, I don't know. Here's a novel idea for the rocks so they can't stay in formation. I don't, know, of- so I don't think Venantex is one of those swarms where it needs to be in formation because it's not got any force multipliers. It's literally just three, uh, like six generics. Oh. Like, and all, but, 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 People aren't looking at what they're flying against and how they move. And then, you know, you know what it's like? You're at a tournament and you you have your rock placement, you have your normal setup, and then you do your opening move, and then you look up and say hi to your opponent and start talking about what's going on and look at the list and stuff. And you, But at that point, you, you're already joisting an Antex in the yep. bullseye arcs. Where yep. they have so you, uh, if you are in the, the bullseye of Nantex, it's an X-wing, it's a three-die attack in the in the bullseye with a focus token, and it didn't need to track to beam itself because you parked in its bullseye, so it doesn't have it has three agility. So I, I don't know. What to, I, it's people are joisting six tie interceptors and wondering why they're losing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty uh, hard. Yeah. Especially when it's six initiative four tie interceptors. Ooh. Yeah. But all of a sudden, if you force them to not be in the bullseye, it, they're actually like tie fighters, but another, they become Z95s. Yeah. And fighting six Z95s seems preferable to me to fighting six, <laughs> um, six interceptors. 
I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. But, but it's the yeah. fact that they, it relies on you as a player to put them into a position to have to be the Zeds and not let them be the interceptors. So, I don't know. We will see. Obviously, the part of the problem is that people don't really have to think about it at the moment because it's online play. People can just load in their own their own squad, which happens to now be six Nantex. It's not like anyone has to go out and buy them to run them at the minute. So it's interesting yeah. to see the current uh, playground or sandbox is the word, the sandbox we're currently playing in. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey-ho. All right, so that's going to do it. Uh, we're going to say, of course, goodbye to my dear old friend, Chad. Always good chatting to you with my friend. Oh, it's always great to be here. Um, it'd be nice if I could, uh, you know, get some actual games and, like, physical games and stuff. But, like, you know, with everything that's going on right now, I can't really do that. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Soon, friend, soon. Yep. I'm legitimately debating, legitimately debating, like, having games at the house or, like, out in the front yard, or in the garage, or something like that. Like, I don't know. I need to get something got going. got the garage, getting... I mean. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, well, you got vehicles in there. No, we got the COVID gym in there now. Mm. That's why you want X-Wing. You can play it on a 3 by 3 It's a much smaller okay. area. That being said, Chad, I'm in my... This is the end of my fourth week in the COVID gym. Not that I'm bragging or anything, but, like, the shorts that I'm currently wearing, I, I bought um, probably about three weeks before I started working out in our, in our gym. And they fit, yeah. meaning they were actually fitting. They weren't loose. They weren't. I've got about two inches I've lost off of my off of my soft mid region um, in the nice. last month. So yes, yes. So it sucks. It hurts. Uh, tomorrow's leg day. I'm not looking forward to it because leg day. I'm not sure which one I hate worse, um, leg day or ab day, um, because of the soft middle region. The- <laughs> The the, the ab yeah. day has been hurting more recently than the leg day, so I think I'm switching my my hatred for for which one to to that. But yeah, no, I'm uh, I I don't want to say that I'm enjoying it, but I'm definitely getting into the habit of it, which is what I need. Right. I was gonna say like I, I get plenty of easier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I do a lot of walking and lifting at work and everything, so I mean, I got that going. But I mean, you, you got me on the thing of you're wearing shorts right now, so <laughs> I. Am. Trust me, that's I have to why, dress, you know, I have to, oh, go ahead. That, I was going to say, like, you know, to jump on here, it's like, you know, you only see me from, like, the shoulders up, and as Ed's always pointed out, you never know what I'm wearing be it below the belt and everything, so. I told you, <laughs> a long time ago, I just assumed you're not wearing pants. <laughs> and Pretty just much. for the since we're talking Neptune's Pride, I don't know who Dark Blue is. You lucky bastard. That's all I can say is you lucky bastard. Where's Dark Blue? All the way to the north with about 17 to 20 oh, stars. So, you know what so, that means? That means that Ed is, let's take a guess. Not Dark Blue. Yeah, Ed <laughs> is. Is there a purple one? No, Ed will be blue, light blue or red if he's whining that much. I'm just saying, I feel like every single game, every single game I, I've played, admittedly, this is my third one. <laughs> I always felt like I have neighbors right next door every time I play. And then you get dark blue that's like, oh, I can go east and I can go west and I can expand all throughout here with no resistance whatsoever. And then everyone else is going to be fighting it out in the middle. And I'm always the guy in the middle sometimes. So, yeah, it'll be sometimes. fun. 
I like how you said that. I'm always the guy in the middle sometimes. It's like, is it always or is it sometimes? <laughs> Reddit is then. I'm always Agreed. the guy. Green? I think, no, Red, yeah, I could be green. The hard. He plays Turnid, so I used to play Turnids. Still do. Yeah. Are you the uh, 60% of the time? It works 100% of the time, Ed. I've got 20 gene feelers of my own custom-made Broodlord right there, waiting to get well, waiting to get painted next once I finish my my Necrons. Yeah. I know what color I am, and that's all I need. Hopefully, which means, which means he's not by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll see. Which means he's dark we blue. We will he, see. I, I'm just saying, who and again, it's not me. Whoever is dark blue, you have got a gigantic advantage in this game. So you've got to look at the distances as well, because if you can't make it 20 more stars without putting tech into hyperspace, then it's irrelevant because you can't yeah. expand. Whereas in generally in the middle, all of the stars are close together, so you can get more of them earlier. Yeah, that's true. So you just have to leverage the advantages you get. It'll be interesting. I think we should all gang up on green. What did Green ever do to you? <laughs> I think he's just trying to get a reaction out of you to see if you're green. We should, we should all gang up on Yellow. red. Yellow. Sorry about that one. Uh, no, so... I, I'm not into ganging up on for some tentacle pawn. You're okay. Oh, wait. Was that someone's name? <laughs> I did not see that. Is that seriously someone's name? It sure yeah. is. Tentacle pawn is yellow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I even mean, look at the if you want to get a gang together for some technical barn, Ed, that's up to you. But You know what? I just <laughs> literally opened myself up for that one, so let's do that. <laughs> that. That sounds like something Ed would be into. People are into weird shit, man. I mean, if nothing else, the internet has, has facilitated... So, uh, if you thing. ever, like, sure, your uh, web browser and it's filled with, like, technical porn, all you have to do is say that you were just showing your wife because she didn't believe it existed. <laughs> and uh, you you get away scot-free. Everyone will believe you. It's fine. Yeah, I'm sure that'll work. Yeah, except for I when they find it on his work computer. <laughs> Not this okay. guy. I like uh, my job. Thank you very much. Chris, always good talking to you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always good to be here, Ed. Always, without fail. Without fail. I believe you have some closing remarks you'd like to make. Yeah, I wanted to, again, take some time to thank all of our Patreons. It's been uh, up and down uh, the last month, but we're still pretty steady with the actual amount coming in. So the editing suite is all paid for again this month. So um, like the hosting fees for the website, the uh, two different fees for podcasts. I've been going back and forth about cancelling the, uh, the SoundCloud one and just going to... Um, the pod bean, but I don't know. I, I think enough people asked for two that it, it feels bad to take it away from some people. So eh, it's fine. I'll, we'll keep doing that. Um, you, yeah, so thank you to everyone who's on the Patreon. I've been trying to do uh, some extra little bits and pieces for them. Um, I've been doing the videos I've done for like the X-Wing content that I put out on the YouTube channel. I've been making the audio files available to a patrons as an extra bonus there. So people don't have to look at my face when I talk about X-Wing ships. They can just <laughs> listen to my monotone drawl and get all of the up-to-date information. So I'll be posting the uh, 
HMP article um, that I did will go on to Patreon tonight, probably. If not, it'll go up on Friday. So you'll already have it by the time you listen to this. And I think after three days, it'll become publicly available. So if people want extra content, make sure you check it out. It generally becomes available after a window. The same as we when we used to do our in-focus stuff, which we need to do more of at some point, I imagine. Yes, I think we should play a game. Actually, play some X-Wing. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Admittedly, I've been pretty busy without electricity and internet for the last few weeks, well, last few days, so... Um, I'll hold my hand up to that, but we can definitely get a game in. I'll even let you run Vader in a Defender, and we can uh, see how that goes. We should practice that list. Vader in a Defender, and then a Palp uh, in a Patrol Leader, and let's see how that goes. Yeah, I'll I'll take six Nantex. You can take Vader in a Defender, ah. and uh, and we'll see if you if you fly Vader into all my bullseyes, and I get to kill you. I think that's. I, I'll take that challenge. I think we should do that. Yeah. I'll put my um, money. Then, yeah, make sure you check out our Facebook page and uh, you're on the, I think the Discord has actually been picked up. We had some some hot topics and some, uh, it, it spikes with activity and then falls off a little bit. So we're not quite at critical mass to have like full flowing conversations all the time. But I still, I think it's going pretty well and people seem to be enjoying it and new people sign up all the time. So, Make sure you click on that and you can check out all of these uh, little tables we've been looking at from today. And I'll send Ed over some more info so he can break some of it down. Maybe he'll share some of his thoughts on it. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, obviously, definitely if you check missed... out the Facebook page. I post yeah. lots of memes there. Yeah. He does. Uh, you can email us. Oh, shit, I should check the email. Oh, no, I'll see one as well. Fuck. Um, I think I need to wish someone a happy <laughs> birthday as well, don't I? Um, I'm sure because they said to me it's so far in advance that we've done it like every show, and this is probably one where I actually have to do it. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Where, where is it gone? Hey, you with the birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, you, you're awesome. Yeah. Happy birthday. Oh, oh, it's Peter. Yay. Is this the one? Is this the one? It is. It'll, it'll be, it was his birthday yesterday. When oh, this comes out live, so it's a Patreon, so he could listen to it in advance. But yeah, happy birthday, Peter! Thank you. And yeah, he was messaging me on Discord, and uh, I ignored his question because apparently I'm a horrible person. Um, <laughs> I mean, the same Peter, the fine Naboo fighter that is sitting at place yeah. in Harvard on my case. Uh, so I, I will oh, no. say, way, I'll say that we sent him a present as a podcast. Um, because ah. he, uh, one of his friends, James, who messaged me about his birthday, uh, was asking about the the cult game that we used to advertise on the podcast. What's that uh, one called? Uh, no, no, I can't do jokes. <laughs> so I, uh, I, we, we had a copy in the store, so I sent him a copy of Montenegro Schreckler and Colton. Uh, so hopefully that all arrived in time. And if not, I've just ruined a future surprise for you. Oh. <laughs> uh, possible. Yeah. Uh, sorry, James, if it if it hasn't arrived, or if you decided to keep it and not give it to him, then um, I've just sold you out, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A much but, better um, gift than the. Uh, I was going to say a much better gift than the swimsuit calendar we're trying to get together. <laughs> uh, I he did give Ed the uh, code for the. Um, 
Naboo fighter. So he did. Yeah. Again, no video here, but prominently see in the display case behind me, still in the box. Also, but, I don't but know that I'm ever going to open that. I'm going to open mine. I've just not done it yet because I'm going to play games with it. Because you know what, the only mod like that Nantex tend to take focuses. Padme is probably pretty good into that. But probably. Why bother worrying about stuff like that when you could just complain about it being broken? It's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I was going to quickly check the emails just now before that other tangent about the other thing. Did anyone email us this week? I, I like I'm always it. on on top of this. It's fine. I was going to say, oh, I like how Ed pointed out there's no video, and yet he still pointed at the ship on the shelf. Yeah. I'm doing it for you guys. You're right. I'm not mistaken that that is an issue. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I think that's it. I think that's everything. Yeah, so happy birthday, Peter. Thanks for uh, being a patron. Woo! We love you. Hope you enjoy your birthday. Had a good time. And yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff I missed. Email us, lackoffocuspodcast at gmail.com. Come on to Discord. It's Dissect Productions. All the links in the show notes. And yeah, it's good. Come and spend time with us. I, I'm still a moron and haven't turned on the mute for a server, so I always get notifications whenever anyone says anything in any of the channels. So, so I, I haven't turned mine off. I leave mine on now. Now that I'm on it now, now that I'm like, ooh, yeah. Oh, you didn't so cool. respond to my gift then. How dare you? Oh, which gift? Which one did I miss? Well, uh, so if I'm in Net- no, not the one underneath the Neptune's Pride game. Do, 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 in do, general. Do, it was from it. when you were talking about getting stung. Not oh, the bees! Yeah. Yep, yep. All right, I, I saw it. Sorry. Uh, there you go. Wait, was That's that the Neptune's Pride one? Yeah. Are you sure? What? Do, 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 no, do. it's not in the Neptune's Pride channel. It's in general, but I posted in general about the Neptune's Pride game. Oh, gotcha. There yeah. it is. Okay. I tagged you and everything. You did. Yeah. There's my there's my new mentions in general right there. Yeah. Oh, how did I miss this? I don't know. Wow, I don't know how. <laughs> ah, there we go. Yeah. See. <laughs> there we go. Yep. That that was definitely me. Yeah. Bad acting, Nick Cage, right there. <laughs> oh, Still dear. making movies. There you go. See. You get to get the jokes before you get the pu- no. You get the punchline before you get to hear the jokes if you, you sign go. up for Discord. So fun times. Fun times. And I think that's it. I've waffled enough at the end as I am want to do. That's um, fine. Yeah. All right. So I do appreciate everyone tuning in. We'll uh, look forward to hopefully a lack of focus, or we get to see how badass Vader is going to be in a Tie Defender. I'm looking forward and to in focus. In, in focus specifically for that one. I'm really looking forward to that one. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and as always, fly casual. Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all the latest episodes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.